This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Right, thank you. Good morning. Good to see you. Glad you made it out today. Bless all of you. If you need a Bible, get your hand up and our ushers will get the Word of God in your hand. Once you get a Bible, go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians 1, we're still here on our series, Wake Up. And so to give you a little bit of time to get to 1 Thessalonians 1, the Lord Jesus in Matthew 7, he lists these, these two roads, these two gates. One's wide, one's narrow. The wide one is easy, the narrow one's difficult. The wide one has many on it, the narrow one has few on it. The wide one leads to destruction, but the narrow one leads to life. And so when you hear what I just said, there's only two options, okay? You're, you're gonna live on one of those roads. And to live the narrow road is to live by the, the standards, the principles of the word of God. You're gonna have to let Jesus be the, uh, the teacher of your life. And so there's no shortcuts, okay? And so we're gonna deal with some areas today that I believe will help you. So we begin in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth. Now this is the power of the word of the Lord, that it has sounded forth, and he goes on to say, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, that these are nations of Greece, but the word of God has been in every place. And your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God. I want to highlight the first thing. It says how you turned to God from idols. How you turned to the living God from, from these idols. Now, when you read what he's talking about here, he's, he's telling us here that the people, the believers of Thessalonica, at some time in their life, they had issues with idols. And you may say, well, I, I don't have an issue with an idol. Well, the truth of the matter, every one of us, we serve some God or some master. And so the question isn't if I serve some God or some master. The question is, what God or, or person do you serve? What, what brings you significance? And remember, an idol is, is a person, place, or thing. Anything that takes the place of God. So he said, you had to turn to God and you had to turn away from idols. Keep reading me. To serve the living and the true God. To serve God. To serve God is more than just within my words. It's easy to say, I'm gonna serve God. But part of serving is in my footsteps. It's in my walk, it's in how I live. And it's interesting here, the three things, you gotta to turn to God, get away from idols, and then you're gonna to have to serve God. Now I believe it's still important that we understand those things. So I'm, I'm gonna prepare you a little bit better than I prepared the first service. You, you better get a spiritual seatbelt on today, okay? Because the word of God is gonna locate you. I said the word of God, the Holy Spirit, not me. 
I'm not a convictor. I'm just a messenger boy. And so the scriptures are going to move within you today. And it's to get us to a place where I begin to look in my heart and I say, who has first place in my life? Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Back to your left just a little bit. Romans chapter 1. And we begin here in a teaching of the Apostle Paul that I believe is very important for the times we live in. I'll begin in Romans 1 verse 18. And he said, for the wrath of God. The wrath of God. So there's a side of God that is maybe angry. And when I look at this, I believe we, we don't talk much about this side of God. And so when I'm looking at this the other day and studying, I have to ask myself this question. Do I want to know the things that causes God's wrath to come alive? I do. I want to know what that is. And when I find out what that is, man, I got to stay away from it. So he says, the wrath of God revealed from heaven against un ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men. Now, ungodliness is, is sinful and, and shameful desires. And so you want to see God's wrath? Then live this way. He goes on to say, who suppress the truth in righteousness, who hold down the truth. The Passion Translation says, those who smother the truth. The reason mankind suppresses the truth, because if I know the truth, then I'm going to have to repent of my sin, and I'm going to have to change, and I don't want to do that. So right here, real quickly, how, how well do you deal with the truth? Do you welcome the truth? Do you applaud the truth? Or do you suppress the truth? And so this is what he's getting over to immediately. Same chapter, verse 21. Because although they knew God, and what this literally means, every man and woman, we instinctively know God. We know that the fingerprints of God are upon us, but he said, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. So when you, when you read what he's talking about, he says, they did not. In other words, we refuse to glorify God and we refuse to be thankful to God. And so literally what happens here is we blow God off. I don't want to glorify you, and I don't want to give you thanks. Now watch how he ends verse 21. But they became futile. Now notice the word became. They became futile. What does the word futile mean? Now listen to this, all these definitions. It means empty. It means vain. It means foolish, it means useless, it means confused. Now that's a good one for our society. He goes on to say, the word futile means perverted logic. It means an, an idolatrous presumption where we don't honor God, we don't give God thanks. And so when we become 
futile, look where it attacks us, that they became futile in their thoughts, and because of this, their foolish hearts became darkened. And so you begin to look at the progress that begins to take place. Verse 22. They were professing or claiming to be wise. We're so thinking smart. We're so thinking intelligent. But they became fools. They became illiterate regarding life. Now the best word I found to describe verse 22 is they became insane. So if you go back to the progress, we begin to, to suppress or smother the truth. We don't glorify God and we don't give God thanks. Now none of us are exempt from this. And so we get this thought, we're so much smarter than God. Verse 23. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God. And I highlight that. God is incorruptible. So they changed the glory, or better yet, they exchanged the glory of God. And what did they exchange the glory of God for? Into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. So what you begin to see here, Paul describes these images. Birds and animals and these creeping things, or better yet, creeping reptiles. Now, you may be sitting right there and you say, listen, pastor, I don't have problems with birds. I don't have problems with animals. I don't have problems with creeping things. But every one of these were a symbol of something. But there's something that's, that's tucked right in the middle of this verse that got my attention. And it says, they changed the glory of an incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. So we literally exchange God for man. And we start placing the things of God above, God, uh, above man, uh, above God. We say, man, I, I would rather trust man than I trust God. Now the Lord Jesus said this in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. The only way to the Father is through the Son. The only way. There are no other shortcuts. But I believe he's given a warning here. Do I look to people more than I look to God? Do I idolize certain people more than, than God? Now, we wouldn't say this. We wouldn't admit this. But how many people in our society today would prefer to go to a Taylor Swift concert than come to church? Oh, Pastor, you're preaching good so this is what he's getting over to. And so again, we've made certain people in our lives idols. And sometimes I place a dream over the significance of God. In other words, the things I dream about, the things I think about, I make that more significant than I make God. Do you dream about winning the lottery? Do, do you dream about a, a certain type of vehicle? Do you dream? Some of you dream about getting married. Marriage is not bad, but until you start placing that spouse above God. So you're saying to a degree at times, man, if I just get married, my life will be so well not 
You know why I say this? Not because I don't love my wife, but because we have this flesh. And what I found about, about human beings, flesh is always going to let you down, okay? And so it's interesting, Paul's wordings here, and then he goes on to say, therefore God also gave them up. Verse 24, verse 26, verse 28, it says God gave them up or he gave them over. What did God give them up for? Uncleanness in the lust of their hearts. Think about the words there. The lust of their hearts. The lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. And so God's saying, you don't want me? Okay, have it your way. And he gives them up. Now, it doesn't mean God quits on us, but it's saying, you prefer the lust of your heart over me. Verse 25. Who exchanged the truth, they suppressed the truth of God for the lie. And they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. That's interesting right here. We serve the creature rather than the creator. We would rather serve the God that made us rather than God. We would rather serve or worship the God that made us instead of God himself. And so it's like we, we put God in a box. And we exchanged him. We exchanged the truth. We smothered the truth. And so when you go on and start reading this entire chapter, there are so many things that the Bible will identify as an idol in our life. Now, I want you to go back with me to the book of Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, way, way back, Genesis and then Exodus. And when you get to Genesis or Exodus 20, excuse me, you'll realize real quick this is the Ten Commandments. And note what I said, this is the Ten Commandments. It's not the Ten Suggestions. It's not the, 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 the Ten Multiple Choices. When you read here about the Ten Commandments, these are God's guidelines and his boundaries to bless your life. Now, you can get outside of his boundaries. You can even suppress the Ten Commandments, but you're going to experience some chaos. And so when we get here to Exodus 20, let me set up what's going on. The Israelites have just come out of Egypt. In Egypt, they saw people worship idols, and they saw people worship false gods. So God says here in Exodus 20, verse 1, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God. I am. Now, I don't know if you've ever read this or not, but the word I am right here is a covenant name of God. I am. And I am signifies his unchanging nature. Now, part of this happened with I am when Moses was going to the Pharaoh and Moses said to God, he said, who do I tell the Pharaoh sent me? And, and God said to him, you tell him I am sent you. I am that I am sent me. You receive I am, you receive I, I me. 
And so he's declaring right here his covenant nature right here. So he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Verse three, you shall have no other gods before me. This is commandment one. And it's interesting, the first commandment he gives, he said, have no other gods before me. And if you'll notice the word gods in there, it's little g. And so he's saying, you gotta get this first one right, guys. You gotta get a hold of this after the first one because if you don't get the first one right, you're not gonna proceed with success to the other nine. This, this was the first one, and he says, don't make people, don't make place, don't think about things above God. Money, fame, work, people, the things that become the source of my life. Verse four, you shall not make for yourselves a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, that in earth beneath, or that is in water under the earth. And so what he's getting over right here, he said, there is gonna be a battle for the throne of your heart. And so heaven, earth, or hell, none of them are to be put above Father God. Verse five, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. Bow down or serve. Now, he wouldn't have warned us of this if this wasn't a possibility. So let me ask you a question right now. What are the things in your life that you bow down until you serve? The great dollar, my checkbook, my fund, my, my possessions. What's my, what's my main motivation? What's the driving force in my life? What's the street secret struggles in my life that have become an idol? Now, he gets into something interesting here in the last part of verse five. He says, for I, the Lord your God, I'm a jealous God. I'm a jealous God. Now, we've seen something here already. We've seen there's an anger side of God or a wrath side of God, but now he says, I'm a jealous God. Why would God say that? Well, that's one of his covenants' names. So when God is the God of my life, God is in not, he's not in cohabitation. God's not into dating. God's into marriage. God's not into shacking up. He's into marriage. And so one of the greatest betrayals that anybody could have in a marriage covenant is an unfaithful partner. That'll break your heart. And so God is not insecure, but God's not into sharingness. And so when you look at this as a, a jealous God, he doesn't want to share part of the closet. He wants all the closet. Let, let me help you with just, just a little bit more, a little deeper. I've been married for over 40 years. And if someone, another man came up and started hitting on my wife, it would be outrageous for me not to do anything about it. I wouldn't like it. Now, some of you in here are sitting by your spouse. This, this is going to help you, okay? Why 
would you do if another man came up and pinched our rumpus? What would you do? And just think about that. This, this, this is my covenant wife. You're going to see a side of a jealous husband. And that doesn't mean we're insecure. It just shows I'm in love. That's his father God. Father God is that way within every one of us. That's how much he loves us. This is important we see this. So I'm reading all these things. And I see the first five commandments here. Man, you begin to look at what God talks about. Just, just the first ones. No other gods before me. Don't bow down and don't serve them. And, and don't kid yourself if we don't think we have this issue to this day in our own society. So a couple months ago, and I encourage you to do this. I'm reading in the book of Judges in my personal reading one day. Actually, go with me to Judges 17. And so Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and you know, Joshua, and then Judges is where you're going. And so I mark this because it really, I'm telling you, it moved in my life in a way where I thought, golly, this is good. And so where we're going with this, this is going to isolate this is going to expose. This is going to cause us to look deep into our heart in some areas. And in my Bible, the subtitle above Judges 17, it says, Micah's idolatry. So this guy named Micah has got some problems with idols. Verse 1. Now there was a man from the mounds of Ephraim whose name was Micah. The name Micah means who is like Yahweh. Who is like Yahweh. Verse 2. And Micah said to his mother, the 1,100 shekels of silver that were taken from you. Better yet, the 1,100 shekels that were stolen from you. Mom, you got ripped off. And on which you put a curse, even saying in my ear. So what happens? She gets 1,100 shekels of stolen, and she says, the person who did this, I put a curse on him. And this dude named Micah, he hears what his mom says and he goes, oh my God, not good, not good. Mom's put a curse on him. Verse two. And he said, here is the silver with me. I took it. He's a thief. He's stolen. So we see a little bitty idol coming up already. The almighty dollar, the God of money. If you've got to steal money, you got a problem with money. Money becomes your idol. You can have a million dollars and, and, and have an idol of money, and you can have zero dollars, and still the idol of money can drive you. Where all you think about, man, if I would just won that 1.7 billion. My life would be fixed. It would be smooth sailing. Anybody ever thought that way? Come on. Cred. Every one of us have. And his mother said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my son. So what she does here, she counteracted with the curse and she pronounced the blessing on him. You brought the money back. You're such a great son. Verse 3. 
So when he had returned 1,100 shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I wholly, fully, totally dedicated the silver from my hand to the Lord. Now when you read that, you're like, his mama's a spiritual woman. She took all 1,100 shekels and dedicated them to the Lord. Kind of. Keep reading. I wholly dedicated the silver from my hand to the Lord for my son to make a carved image and a molded image. Therefore, now I will return it to you. Now, when it says a carved image and a molded image, you know where that takes you to? It takes you to Exodus 20, verse 4, where we just read. So he's talking about idols. Now, think about this. In one voice, one side of her mouth, she said, we got to take it to God. We got to give it to God. But this side, she says, let's make some idols. So we read this and we realize real quick, we got some problems right here. When we try to blend our worship and we give God a little bit and then we give the world the rest of it. But remember God said, I'm a jealous God. I don't want a little bit of your heart, I want all of your heart. So we begin to see some things that begin to transpire immediately. Verse four, thus he returned the silver to his mother then his mother took 200 shekels of silver and gave them to the silversmith. And you got to note something in here. We read in the first few verses, there were 1,100 shekels. And didn't we just read in verse 3, it says, she dedicated totally, fully, all 1,100. But now there's only 200. So where'd the other 900 shekels go? So she talks about honoring God, but she really doesn't honor God. Look at the end of verse four. And the silversmith made it into a carved image and a molded image, and they were in the house of Micah. Let's talk about God on Sunday, but let's live for these idols the rest of the day of the week. Let's give God a little sliver of our heart on Sunday. Now think about this, that this guy named Micah, he's got all these idols, and it says that he put them up all over his house. So wherever you look, he's got these idols up. Now he's a Christian in name, but he's got these idols up. So the idols in my life or in my house become the influence of my life. What's the idols of my life? What are the things that I put above God? Keep reading here, verse five. The man Micah had a shrine, and when you, you read about a shrine, it's, it's like a, a, a chapel within your own home. It's the inmost part of the temple. Sounds good. And he made an ephod. Now, if you've ever studied the ephod, the ephod was like a, a, a vest that they would put on and they would put it on when they were gonna go get into the presence of God. It was a sign, we're gonna seek God. Sounds spiritual, doesn't it? So he's got a shrine. He's got an ephod. But then it says, and household idols. Household idols, did I read that right? 
These were called teraphims. These were small figures that were thought to protect the house and also to give advice. So you look here, this, this guy, he's blending everything. I, I, I want a little bit of God and I want a little bit of the world. Doesn't work that way. But I want you to read verse six because this gives us an insight of what's going on. And in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. There was no standard. Whatever seemed right in my own eyes, I just did it. So what you see here is they have really, really, really suppressed the truth. I want you to think about something. If there was no standard in your life, if you didn't have the Bible to help outline how me and you are supposed to live, how do you think you would live? I can tell you how I live. <laughs> I'd already be dead. Thank God for the Word of God. Don't suppress the truth, welcome the truth. So this guy named Mikey, he really thinks he's, he's living large and taking charge at this point in his life. Verse seven. Now there was a young man from Bethlehem in Judah. Of the family of Judah, he was a Levite and was staying there. Now Levites were the tribe of Levi. This is where your priests came out of. So he's from the tribe of Levi. It's kind of like saying, well, I'm a Christian. But I can only be a Christian maybe in name, not in the way I live. And so this guy, he's a Levite. Was that just in name? Verse 8. The man departed from the city of Bethlehem in Judah to stay wherever he could find a place. Then he came to the mountains of Ephraim to the house of Micah as he journeyed. And Micah said to him, where do you come from? So he said to him, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah. And I'm on my way to find a place to stay. Now, verse 10 has got a bunch of idols in it. And maybe this, maybe, maybe, maybe begin to locate us. Now, you've got to open your heart to this. So he says here in verse 10, Micah said to him, dwell with me. And be a father and a priest to me. The word father was a, return, a term of respect or honor or a title. So could I serve the God of a title? Could I place more emphasis on my titles than I do God? Could, could my identity be in my title? And sometimes when you have to tell everybody who you are and what you've done and all your titles, could that be the idol? It says, look at me, the God of me. I'm so important. So we see something jump out immediately. Keep reading. And I will give you 10 shekels of silver per year. Could the motivation for this Levite, could it be the God of money? Money, 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 money. Some of you know why that song. Some of you don't have a clue. It's okay. It dates us. The God of money. 
I'd give anything to be rich. Are your greatest dreams, are they tied to money? We see something else. Keep reading. I'll give you 10 shekels of silver per year and I will give you a suit of clothes, pal. The God of clothes, the God of looks. Smiling, styling, and profiling. So he says, I'm gonna give you a, a closet full of suits. You're gonna wear a Hugo Boss suit. You're gonna wear Michael Coors shirts. You're gonna wear Ralph Lauren britches. Those are pants, okay? <laughs> We're gonna put Cole Hahn shoes on you. And you don't have to tell everybody this, but we're going to even put Lululemon underwear on you, okay? Do I serve the God of a designer where I think all my identity in my life is because the labels that I wear? Woo! I told you this verse was loaded. Now he's not done. And your sustenance. I'm going to take care of your food. You're going to eat like a king. And I'm going to take care of your housing. We're not going to put you up at motel two and a half. You're staying at the high end ones, okay? See, you begin to think about all this that he's talking about. And it becomes very relevant for me and you that I look to everything but God for my identity. And when I look to everything and anything but God, those things can become idols. Verse 11. Then the Levite was content. He was content with all the stuff that he was going to get. He's content. That's all I need. And so he's so content, you know what he's got to do? He's got to take out his cell phone. And he's got to take some selfies. And he's got he's to post his self-filtered life. <laughs> Let everybody know how important I am. Look at me. I'm not so much concerned about following Jesus as how many followers I have. I, I warned you. Verse 12. So Micah consecrated, declared sacred the Levite, and the young man became his priest and lived to the house of Micah. The problem was that was Micah's not ordained to do that. Only the priest would ordain priests. So Micah runs another red light. He suppressed the truth. I'll live however I want. If it feels good, do it. Now watch verse 13, because this one is going to speak to you, okay? Then Micah said, Now I know that the Lord will be good to me since I have a Levite as priest, better stated, he had deceived himself into thinking that he would now have the Lord's blessing because he had a Levite priest. So what you see right here, he doesn't look to God, he looks to this man. 
And he said, I'll be blessed because of this man. You're not blessed by people in your life. You're blessed because God. And so what or who have I elevated in my own life? What's the God of my life? Are you a follower of Jesus or are you just a fan? You know what a fan does? He's an enthusiastic admirer, but he never gets in the game. He never has a sacrifice to the Lord. I applaud you, Lord. I'm on board as long as we win. See, we're in this dichotomy moment here. I'm at this fork in the road. I know about Jesus, but do I really know Jesus? So I hear this true story years ago. There was a missionary from the United States and he went into the nation of India. He's in the back villages of India. And as he comes into the village, he noticed this woman she catches this chicken and she takes the chicken and she bows at this altar in her front yard takes the chicken cuts off its head takes the blood pours it all over the altar and stand there and worship this missionary is like This is blatant idolatry. This is some crazy stuff. Two days later, he's going back to the village and he sees the same woman and he strikes a conversation up and she understands English. And he said, I'm from America. And she said, I've been to America. And he said, where'd you go in America? And she said, New York City. And he said, did you like it? She said, I hated every minute of it. And he said, why? And he said, the woman looked and said, I've never seen so much idolatry in all my life that was in New York City. And the missionary's thinking, you're the same chick that just cut off a chicken's head two days ago, and you're telling me this. So he said, explain to me. And she said, well, the first idol that I saw was the God of their stomach. That Americans serve the God of food. And he said, come on, elaborate and tell me. And she said, I would see day after day where Americans would wait in line over an hour to get into a restaurant, but they would never wait an hour to get into church. And so I'm hearing this and I'm thinking, I've waited an hour to get into a restaurant. Anybody else in here ever waited an hour to get in a restaurant? And she said, it would amaze me. She said, every Starbucks, they would be lined out the door. Wait 45 minutes to pay five bucks for a glass of coffee. That's five bucks, not Starbucks, because five bucks. Maybe six now. But they don't have that same emphasis on church. They live to eat. She said the second thing is she said they serve the God of entertainment. I was appalled, she said, that I found out they don't just have one TV in their house. They got multitude of TVs in their house. 
And she said what was even crazier is they would put up their TVs in some of the most strategic rooms in their house. She said like this place called the living room. And she said, I would watch the family. They would sit in front of this TV six, seven, eight hours a day and just watch TV. And then she said the worst thing is when they'd go to get in bed, they had a TV in their bedroom. But TV's not an idol. Are you sure? I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to me. I get it. She said, but the worst thing, the worst idols they had was the God of the cell phone. She said, all day long at restaurants, at jobs, on the subways, this is what they would do. She said, I would watch them eat. They would never talk. They would just... And she said, I watched people in New York City that if they lost or didn't know where their phone was, they went into little panic attacks. She said, I thought we were gonna have to raise people from the dead over their phone. So we don't have problems with idols, do we? Wow. See, when I heard those things, I began to realize we all have problems with these things called idols. It's just how we define them. Do you know the Lord said in Isaiah 29, 13, he said, they honor me with their lips, but they deny me with their heart. Their hearts are far from me. See, to a degree, I believe we, get, we become a lot like the guy named Micah. I, I want God on my terms. But I would rather suppress or smother the truth. I don't, I don't want the truth. Remember the movie years ago when he said, you want the truth? And then the guy said to Tom Cruise, you can't handle the truth. I wonder if that's what's become. Have our, have our sanctuaries become more of a stadium? We applaud God. We honor him with our mouths and then we leave and we live like the devil. We allow these things to do dominate us. So you know what I believe is happening here? I believe it's like the Lord saying, wake up. Is God anti-TV? No, he's not. God's not against you having money. He's against money having you. How do we know that? He said, the love of money, not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money, the love of food. Nothing's wrong with food I gotta eat, but when food becomes what I love and I live for, and he's not against this either until this thing starts dominating me. How many of you, have, don't raise your hand on this. How many of you have to sleep with this right by your bed? Why'd you bring that up, Pastor? This is not a real one. <laughs> you guys are saying, that dude is outdated, man. <laughs> he needs an upgrade. The truth of the matter, it wouldn't bother me if this is still my cell phone. 
When I, when I leave here this morning, I'll get in my vehicle and I will have numerous texts. You know why? I don't ever bring a cell phone in here. And I'm not saying I'm so spiritual than you, you knuckleheads. I just realized there's times I don't need to have that thing on me. I'm like, this is God's time. I wonder how many people sitting in here right now, if we put a basket out there and said, before you come into the sanctuary, you gotta put your phone in there. I'm out. I'm out. I would rather die than put that cell phone down. Wow. But see, that may be one area of your life. The other area can be this or this. It never ends. We got this list of things that try to dominate us. Why don't you stand up here? I gotta move, I gotta move. See, within every one of us, our hearts are the battleground. And somebody's going to win our heart. So I'm going to ask you just right there where you're at, just bow your head before the Lord here. Just stand before the Lord. I, I know the Holy Spirit's already beginning to go to work because that's what he's done to me. Just today, maybe as we come before God here, is there some things in your life this morning that you say, I need to leave those things at the altar today. There's things in my life that I've bowed to. There's things that I've served, and it may not be God. And I want to highlight this again to every one of us in here. They all may look different to each other. God's a jealous God. He loves us. And it may be a, a step of faith to say, Lord, I'm coming before you today. And I'm not just going to be a person that honors you with my lips. But I'm going to give you back my heart. I'm going to come before you today. And just maybe you're here today and you've suppressed the truth. Instead of living by the word of God, you say, you know what? I'll live by my own standard. Well, you can do that. There's going to be some consequences. And so as our team gets ready to play, I, I just worship you to come down here and say, man, Father God, this is where I'm at right now. But I'm ready to come back to you. Go ahead, God. Let's say. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.